Okay, hi everybody. Um, welcome to another episode of Big Idea, Big Moves. Um, that's the destination podcast for high performers. And um, we bring people together from all different fields, from different niches, and people that are making a real difference in their niche or, uh, or can help provide some of that help to people that are really trying to move things forward themselves. Um, our guests um, have, have again come from different fields, different genres, but we really take pride in making sure that our guests are, are really kind of high level and can add a lot of value to the audience. And, and today's guest is, is going to be uh, just like that. Before we head into this, though, there are a couple of things I think it would be, um, uh, it would be tough not to mention that uh, things are a little different right now for people. Um, we, they're going through some kind of uh, different circumstances. A lot of people are uh, in self-isolation or are doing a lot of self-distancing and things. Uh, and, and we just know that a lot of healthcare workers are out battling things frontline uh, for um, COVID-19. And we just wanted to, first of all, um, thank people for that. I, I've personally done um, a lot of work and have worked in healthcare in the past. And I know those people um, have a very different um, way of looking at things right now than, than a lot of people do. They, they do this out of a real passion and deep sense of purpose. And um, so thank you to them who are, are putting themselves on the line every day. Along with that, um, we uh, have another podcast episode that we're launching uh, right now now so it'll be up um, at about the same time where for those people who have um, have lost jobs through this um, or have are just wanting to prepare themselves to uh, to, to kind of do interviews and things like that in a different way um, we um, have went through some of the different things to think of if you have to do video interviews which is something that has been relatively common for us in in our field um, but a lot of people that'll be the first time they do it um, and uh, and that is something that would be a new reality so um, so check that out if, if that's something that interests you. And the last thing is, um, if you've listened to the podcast for a little while, uh, Jazz HR has um, supported us and, um, and is something that has a, a real link to us, but they are uh, an applicant tracking system um, platform that will be um, um, providing their platform to healthcare providers for free for the next little while. So if um, you are a healthcare provider and want to take advantage of that, or if you just want to find out about it, go on to www.bigideabigmoves.com and there's a link on there that you can take a look and, and take advantage of that and, and contact them there at Jazz HR. So, um, so thanks for that. And, uh, and we will go into kind of our, our regular kind of uh, episode. Um, so we're really lucky to have uh, Laura Gassner Odding on today on our episode. Um, Laura is, uh, was the founder and ran Nonprofit Professionals Advisory Group. Um, she is a real thought leader out there right now. You've probably seen uh, her. Uh, she does a, a lot of interviews, a lot of speaking engagements, um, and she really is a thought leader on kind of mission-driven work. So we're going to get into some of that today. Um, she's a best-selling author, uh, keynote speaker, has done TEDx. Um, her most current book is Limitless, which I know you can kind of see in the background there once we uh, have her come up. You can you can see that it's how to ignore everybody, carve your own path, and live your best life. And I, I think those are, are fantastic things right now. We were talking, Laura, just before um, uh, we came on that uh, that you're doing similar things to me, where you're doing a lot of uh, a lot of work from home you know, uh, right now. And uh, how's that been so far for you? Well, so you know, I've worked from home for the last twenty years. I before becoming an author and a speaker, I. Wrote, I, I, I actually founded and ran an executive search firm and it was a completely virtual firm. And so I, yeah. the transition to working from home has not been that hard. The transition from working at home with everybody else in my home, <laughs> yeah. that's been really hard because I'm used to having like 
my own cadence and my own flow of the day and having my own privacy. And so to suddenly have them all here, like what's for lunch? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you make, when, whatever yeah. you want. Lunch. <laughs> yeah. It's just being able to find some kind of, uh, you're, you're almost having to, to find a new way of doing things in an environment that you've, you've been very used to. That's I, I find the same thing. It's just knowing that, you know, you didn't other people didn't rely on you in some ways to, to have that, but it's, um, uh, you're having to kind of deal with it like you have your own little workspace at home. Well, I, I joked around. We, we live on a street called, called Farlow Road. And yeah. when we were doing the gut renovation of our house, we used to call it um, Farlova Stand because it, sort of, <sighs> it was sort of like the space where there was intractable disagreement and cost overruns and delays and stress. But my husband started calling it Farlovia because what could go wrong in Farlovia? <laughs> so when my husband texted me that he was going to be working from home, I sent him a text back and I said, welcome to WeWork Farlovia. Our membership rates are low. We keep snacks in the pantry. We ask that you do not reheat fish in the microwave and that you wash your hands frequently. Please note, the gym is busiest in the mornings and we request that all conference calls are taken with a headset. We are pet friendly. And I joked around that in an effort not to sexually harass him, I did not tell him that we have a very relaxed inter-office <laughs> So yeah. we are trying very hard to have humor with this, but you know, it's, uh, it is challenging and we have all learned to just, just really ex expect that everyone is doing their best and that assuming that they're trying. So when somebody forgets to empty the dishwasher and it was their job, but maybe they threw in a load of laundry, like thank them for the laundry and just don't say anything about the dishwasher and just do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I found it interesting. I, I think I had uh, I had read something where um, somebody had talked to you about how you you almost shifted your mindset a little bit about uh, the first little while you, you kind of were taking on that respect responsibility of being very directive with your kids in okay we have to do A B C and D and and get it done and then you kind of shifted how you did that um, where it was a little more about um, getting them involved in the decision making around that. I found that interesting because it's so similar to when we're in workplaces that things that we would talk to about leaders at that time. Yeah, you know, it was funny. The, the, so, so we've been now been out of school for two weeks. Um, my husband is now home as of, you know, the last three days, but I've been here with the kids for, for, for two weeks. My kids are 15 and 17, and they are generally pretty awesome people, right? Like we have, we have a family meeting every weekend and we talk a lot about the values that we want to uphold as a family and who we are as a sort of little micro community. And so we, we sort of already have this rhythm of that we should be upholding each other. And then all of a sudden we're home and, you know, we send our cleaning person home. We, you know, we're paying her, but we're not having her come work. Um, everybody wants to be safe. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there are a lot of things that happen in this house that have to get done. Like the laundry has to get done. The garbage has to be taken out. The dishwasher has to be loaded and unloaded. We have to take, you know, the, the trash down to the, to the street and bring it back up. And, you know, the dog has to get walked twice a day and all the, like the things that have to happen, the wiping down the counters and everything that has to happen every day, once a week, once a day, once every two weeks. And I just, I come out of the, you know, political campaigns and you, yeah. you know, create a system and you lock it down and you are, you know, command and control. And so that's yep. what I started doing. I started command and control and just telling everybody like, go do this, go do this. And, you know, I would notice my 17 year old walking across the living room and I'm like, have you walked the dog yet? It was like, I was a, about to. And of course, you know, my reaction is, well, no, you weren't. I had to tell you, but maybe he was, I don't really know. And then I went to bed that night feeling just exhausted and stressed and 
unhappy. Like I didn't even like who I was. I, nobody wants to be the nag, right? Nobody wants to be that kind of person. And as a leader in your companies, you don't want to be that person either. Like as a leader in your company, you put up a project, everyone has their assigned tasks and you all work towards the common goal. And what I realized when I woke up in the middle of the night with that, what day is today? Is it garbage day? Are we supposed to take the garbage out? Oh my God, what if we don't? The garbage will rot in the, you know, in the, in the kitchen for a week and that's going to stink. I sort of had that realization and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to create little post-it notes. And I created post-it notes that were bright pink ones that were like daily tasks, like walk Juniper, our dog. And there are two of them because she has to get walked twice a day. There are things like wipe down all the surfaces and the handles with Clorox. There are things like, um, like you know, wash your hands and empty the dishwasher. You know, all the things that have to happen every day. And then there were things that have to happen on Mondays and on Tuesdays and on Wednesdays. And then there were long range projects and everything had a different color. And I just put them all up in the freezer and I texted my family, you know, our last name is Otting. So we have a little yeah. family text chain, Otters of Anarchy. I texted the Otters of Anarchy and I said, when you come downstairs in the morning, you will see a freezer full of post-it notes. Pick anything. I don't care what it is. Do it whenever it's supposed to be done. And I will no longer have to nag anybody about anything. Thank you for understanding that this relieves me of the self-inflicted burden of thinking that I had to manage you. It wasn't that I had to manage them. It was a self-inflicted burden. And I think that a lot of us right now are putting ourselves through not just the stress and the fear and the concern and the the lack of control, but we're self-inflicting even more on ourselves that we don't need to be doing it. If we just allow the people in our lives to stand up and to uphold the community in our homes, we will be amazed at what they do. In fact, I didn't even tell who to do what, but my 15-year-old volunteered to pick up all the dog poop in the backyard, <laughs> and my 17-year-old volunteered to do a deep clean of the, of the stovetop on Wednesday, you know, after cooking 21 meals the week before. You will be amazed at what they volunteer to do. So that's been our system. You take a post-it from the freezer, you stick it on the fridge when it's done, and at the end of the night, we go and we put everything back on the freezer again, and we start all over the next day. Yeah, well, and I'm sure it's quite freeing to you to suddenly have that burden kind of taken away as well. The mental and emotional bandwidth that I have freed up by not feeling like I have to worry about what day is garbage day, that we're actually all in this together, it yeah. is... Like, you know, those moments in your business where you're like, yeah, we just had this great retreat and everybody gets it and everyone's excited about where we're going and they can't wait to jump in. And not only are they doing their part, they're volunteering to do more and help others. That's what's happening in our house right now. And yeah. the fact that it's working with teenagers, <laughs> I mean, that's, I should get like the Nobel Prize. Itself. That's right. <laughs> that's something in itself. There's a whole bunch of people writing this down right now so that they could try it out at home, which is, yeah. which is fantastic. So my website is uh, lauragassnerodding.com, but all my good friends call me LGO. So you can find me at heylgo.com and it, it, will, it will forward you to that website. And there's actually a blog post on my site about this very thing because awesome. I, had, I had so many people that were like, wait, wait, what, what did you do? Tell me exactly how you did it. And now if you do it, if your listeners do it, I want them to um, take a picture of their post-it note system and tag me in social media. I'm yeah. loving seeing everybody's systems because we, you know, listen, we still have jobs. Thank God, right? We still have jobs. We still yeah. have work to do. So yeah. I, I was not able to run a household while I had the full-time job. I certainly can't do it now, you know, with everything else right. going on while I'm trying to save my business. So we have to let other people, you know, into the vacuum steps a leader. We have to yeah. let the people in our lives become leaders. Think about, we're all so worried about, is my kid going to get behind in math? Well, your kid's going to get ahead in leadership. 
this is an amazing opportunity for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I wonder if this experience now is, is um, and it, it kind of prompts us into some of the stuff in your book, I think, is that um, how many people are going to step back and, and really kind of reevaluate, this is what things were like before for me, and is that really what I want? And, and maybe that's something that, you know, it, I know your book tackles a lot of that and, and is maybe one of those things that might, um, might prompt some of that discussion in your own head, too. What, what, what do you think from that end? Well, that was a master segue. That was very Thanks. impressive. Thanks. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> you, eh? must, not bad. you must do this professionally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. So um, my book centers around this idea of what if success doesn't equal happiness, right? So I spent, as I mentioned, I spent 20 years doing executive search and I was paid by my clients to go out and find the very best and brightest of whatever industry I was trying to find, you know, a CEO or a C-suite person for. And I was calling the, the most successful people, right? That's why I wanted to talk to them. I was being hired by my clients to talk to them. They were picking up the phone and talking to me because they weren't very happy in that job. And I was always fascinated by the idea that success on paper didn't always equal happiness in real life. And what I came to realize is it's because we have spent so much time listening to everybody else, what we should do, who we should be, what kind of car we should drive, what sort of title we want, um, how fast our career should go, what kind of money we need to make, all those things of what everyone else told us. And we get to uh, you know, 10 years, 20 years into our career and we're like, huh, is that all, is that all there is? Is, that, like, is this all I was put on this earth for? you know, maybe you got a graduate degree and you're like, well, I've already sunk the money and the time into that. I guess I finally made partner or whatever it is. I guess this is who I'm going to be. I can't wait till I retire in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. Well, that whole I'll be happy when culture has forced us to put off that happiness so we're not happy now. And I think for better or for worse, we have this opportunity now while the world is on a giant press pause yeah, button pause. to say, is that what I want to go back to? Is that really who I want to be? If this is an opportunity to say, I'm actually more than just my job, well, what are you? What do you want? If we do all have this one big juicy life, and for some of us, it's threatened right now, yeah. literally, physically yeah. threatened right now. And for others of us, it's this existential crisis. Is that what I want to go back to? I keep saying, like, let's stop saying, I can't wait till life returns to normal. Let's say, I, what do I imagine the post-COVID-19 world to look like? And how do I want to show up in that world? What's going to make me happy in that world? How do I show up better for the people that I love and the causes that I hold dear in that world? And then we can spend this time working on that. So, so how do you think, so somebody's at home listening to this and that, and I'm sure there's many of them that are prompted. Yeah. You know what? That's me. Um, what kind of process should they be going through? What kind of, uh, you know, how can you guide them through, um, how to, how to think through that process? Cause it can be overwhelming. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm very similar. I've left a, a corporate job to do kind of my own business and things like that because of something similar. And I know it can, it can weigh heavily on people. To, to make that decision. So what, what kind of things would you say they should be thinking through um, in order to, to really figure out what is it that I should be doing? So the book Limitless, uh, it starts off, the book is called Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life. So we talked about the ignore everybody part, right? Yeah. So like, let's stop listening to everybody else, what they tell us we have to be and should be and God forbid can't be. And there's the carve your own path. 
And the way to carve your own path is to figure out what happiness means to you, what success means to you, and define it in the book as consonants. So consonance is the opposite of dissonance, right? Consonance is this flow, it's this alignment. Jamie, you know those moments when the very best of what you were called to do, the very best of what you can do is being called upon for a problem that you actually care about? Sure. And you're being rewarded in some way, whether it's financially or karmically for solving that problem, some way that's meaningful to you. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the moments when like, yeah, you can walk through fire, you can see through walls, you can jump over buildings. You are like in your zone. You are like what you do is consonant with who you are. Yeah. That's consonant. And when we can achieve success in those areas, then we are so happy. So consonant is made up of four things. And um, because it had to fit into a book and because it fit into a rubric, they all start with C. <laughs> so the way to get from uh, confusion to clarity with yeah. consonants is to have these four things. The first is calling. Calling is, you know, we think calling is this like higher purpose, this lofty purpose, this like, you know, Mother Teresa feeding the lepers in, in, in India. But really your calling is whatever you want to be doing. It is the gravitational force that gets you out of bed in the morning. It is. It may be curing cancer or curing, finding a vaccine for COVID-19. Yeah. Um, it may be raising a family. It may be building a business. It may be buying a Maserati in a beach house, right? Your purpose is only your purpose. And as long as we stop letting others purpose shame us, as long as we stop letting other people have votes in our lives that shouldn't even have voices, then we can find our true calling. So that's the first is calling. The second is connection. Connection answers the question, <laughs> what if I didn't show up to work tomorrow? <laughs> right? yeah. We're all learning that now. Yeah. Is the work that I'm doing actually connected to that calling that I want to be serving? How many of those meetings could be emails, right? How many of those meetings could like, we all are learning the answers to that right now. So all of us are figuring out just how connected the work that we are doing is to that calling at hand. And some of us are realizing, I actually don't have that much connection at all. My work doesn't really matter that much. So that's the second piece is having some kind of connection to your calling. The third is contribution. And contribution answers the question, how does this job, this brand, this paycheck, this product, this cause, how does, the, the, how does it contribute to the life that you want to live, the lifestyle you'd like to enjoy, the flexibility that you want to have, the career trajectory that you'd like to build, or the values that you want to manifest on a daily basis? How does this work contribute to you living that great life? And then the last one is control, which is sort of a funny thing to talk about now, but control really answers the question of how much personal agency do you have about the kinds of projects you're assigned to, the um, amount of money that you might be able to earn, who's, uh, you know, what, what clients you're given, right? How much personal agency, how much control do you have over how much your work connects to that calling and how much contributes to the life that you want to live? And each one of us at every age and at every uh, life stage is going to want different amounts of calling, connection, contribution, and control. So when you're 22 years old and you're, you know, trying to, you know, get going on your very first job, you might have no connection whatsoever because you get the coffee for the guy who gets the coffee, who gets the coffee, but you have, you're looking to see, will this contribute to the kind of career trajectory that I want, right? You might not have any control whatsoever, but you may be so inspired by that company or by that leader 
or by that, that business that you want to build, that you have tons of calling. As we get older and, you know, we're, we're straddled between aging parents and young kids, or we're worrying about, you know, the cost of college or, you know, paying off the mortgage or whatever it is, we care about things differently. And so my definition of consonants is different than my definition of consonants before. So it's certainly going to be different, different than your definition of consonants. Yeah. So that's how we ignore everybody and we carve our own path. Now, how um, or do you see that there would be any change right now where there's um, there's a lot of that discussion around, well, you know, do I do I have that ability right now? Let's say that things, have, you know, there there aren't as many jobs out there right now. There aren't as many opportunities out there right now. Um, you know, how do, how do you talk to those people that are kind of thinking, yeah, it's, it's easy to say that now, but suddenly this you know, a contraction in the economy creates, you know, a bunch of issues with that. How would you address that to somebody who's, who's struggling with it right now? Yeah. I mean, what I would say is if you are in a job right now and your job is stable and you hate that job and it sucks the soul out of you, stay in that job right now. Yeah. yeah. Just stay in that job right now for a little yeah. while. Yeah. This is what I would say. There is this beautiful thing called side quests. Do you play video games? Uh, from time to time, not often, okay. to be honest. I am not a, I am not a video game player, but I yeah. mentioned those teenagers earlier. Yes, and yes. There was a day where I was really frustrated. I just, I had a terrible night of sleep. I had a chapter due to my, to my editor. I just, I wasn't getting any writing done. It was just going to be terrible. And I was lamenting this problem to my, 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 one of my teenagers, um, as I was driving them to school and my son just looked at me and he's like, so just go on a side quest, mom. <laughs> and I was like, what's a side quest? And he said, well, you know, you know, when you play a video game and the whole goal is that you want to, you know, go to the castle and slay the dragon and save the princess. But, you know, you finish doing the dishes, but your friend hasn't doing the, finished doing the dishes. So they haven't logged on yet. So you're sitting around doing nothing and you're waiting. Well, you're a farmer. So there are things you can do. You can till your wheat, you can take it to the market, you can sell it, you can buy a horse, you can buy a sword, you can buy potions so that when your friend finally comes online, you can go to the castle and slay the dragon and save the princess. So what I would say is, yeah, there's going to be a ton of contraction in the market. We're all going to be in the sort of holding pattern right now, but there are side quests that we can go on. We can yeah. have those informational interviews. We can set up Zoom calls with people and learn about them. We can create relationships by starting to study how people are online. We can, um, we can watch TEDx talks. We can listen to great podcasts like this. We can read books. We can do assessments. There's tons of things that people can be doing right now, other than just Netflix and chill, that are the side quests that will actually help you so that when you are ready to make that move, because the truth is, even when the economy was great, there were people who still had student loans to pay off, who still had young right. children at home, who still had you know, aging parents. We all have a billion different excuses, whether they're real or perceived, about why we can't make a move now. Some of them just got a little bit realer, but we can still do the other stuff that we can recoil the trebuchet so we can shoot over that castle when we're ready to go. I, and it may be, I mean, that's the one thing that in talking with, um, you know, other leaders out there right now, it's, it's, there's actually a huge opportunity in many ways, because you do find that if you're, you're not commuting every day, if you're not doing some of these things, you may even still be, you still be working, but you have additional time than you may have had before, or an ability to even parse out time that you might not have been able to do before to do some of that thinking work, to do some of that, uh, if you had a website that you've always wanted to kind of update that you haven't been had the time to do it hey, now's the time to do it. There's a bunch of those things that you can do without disrupting you know, the, the reality of what's happening right now. 
and this is a thing people are going to say yeah but I, everyone says that i should have more time so i'm not commuting i don't have the drive-bys of people walking by my office there's not lunch breaks all of that stuff but i seem to have a hard time working and yeah. so then we look online for these like work from home tips and there are things like get dressed in your suit and sit down <laughs> at your desk and you and yeah. I think that's nonsense, right? Yeah. So I think I said this before we got on recording, but I worked at home for 20 years. Like this is, I know how to do this and it's not eat the frog first. It's yeah. not, it's not do yeah. the hardest thing first. Screw the frog, forget yeah. the frog, <laughs> F the frog. What you should do is figure out a thing that you really want. But tonight, when you're getting in bed, brushing your teeth, look at your schedule tomorrow, look at your to-do list, look at your side quest list and think, what is one thing I'm excited about tomorrow? And maybe it's watching that TEDx, maybe it's listening to that podcast, maybe it's going for a run, whatever the thing is, do that first, because that's going to get you up and going. That's going to be the, because we have no, you know, there's no reason to get up and get out of bed really fast right now, because you can just pick up your laptop from your nightstand and there you are. But if you get up and you do the thing you're excited about, then you have momentum, then you're like, you're going, you've got flow. So, you know, get up and do that thing that's interesting. And if that thing is your side quest, awesome right that's like getting your juices going and it's super good so i think we all have time to do it especially if we do the thing first put on well, your own it, life mask you know yeah, your own oxygen yeah, mask first. Yeah. well and 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 you mentioned flow there and that that seems to link nicely with you know it may be that thing that gets you energized gets you kind of moving ahead it's trying to figure out how you how you intersperse that so that your day does kind of move as productively as possible even if there are times where you're having to block out things that are are not fantastic to do are things you have to do for your for your job and all those things but if you are a little more strategic and intentional of when you do those things that um that create that flow um probably uh you know moves you further along the path absolutely absolutely and i think look we all have time to um you know do you know 10 burpees you know in our yeah. living room if yeah. we're feeling like we're we're losing our steam or whatever it is like everybody has something that gets them excited. I, I used to have clients all the time on pitches, on you know telephone pitches that would yeah. say, God, you seem so excited about this work. You seem like you love what you do. And I would say, I have the best job on the, in the, you know, on the entire planet. I get to help people that I love do things that excite them. I have the best job on the planet. But the truth is, before I got on the call with that client, I did ton jumping jacks because it yeah. just got me up and going. And your, your body language, if you're sitting, you know, if you're sitting at a desk like this and you're just sort of talking and you kind of like, but if you're up and you're energized and you're excited about what you're doing and your blood is flowing, that's contagious. I think, you know, I think misery is, misery loves company. It's super contagious, but I think joy is contagious too. And if there is like our only jobs right now is just to stay home. That's it. Our jobs are to stay home so that the healthcare workers can have a fighting chance. So if that's your only job, we have tons and tons and tons of energy and time to be able to share that joy. And I feel like that's how we can be of service to one another is to just be more joyful, have more energy for each other. So, you know, if people are listening to this podcast right now, do 10 jumping jacks, like, you know, yeah. move your body around yeah. and, you know, feel something that's not, you know, overwhelming existential dread. You know, yeah. Yeah. Your day. Well, it's, it's interesting. I know that, uh, I think you, uh, actually spoke with some people at Spartan recently and, uh, um, I, I interviewed a little while ago, Joe Decina and he, um, he is, uh, he's one of those guys that I, his flow is different than mine. Cause he'll get up 
bright and early and when his bright and early is like four or four thirty in the morning to do those jumping jacks or burpees you talked about but does a full-on workout at that time it's just it is interesting how you know and and you talk to him i mean you know that that's he's he's just a different guy that way too but it, it is interesting oh, how a, it's different he's a madman so I, yeah. as i mentioned i live in boston and he yeah. lives up in vermont and he comes right. down to boston all the time so you know i've spoken at some of their events and uh, he, you know, he read Limitless and he, when the book first came out, he, there was a, there's a, one of his assistants sent me a video of him standing at the airport and he's holding the book and he's like, Limitless. He's like, I didn't think I was going to like it. I liked it better than I thought. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. I liked it better than I thought. Yeah. Limitless. Now, 600 burpees, colder showers, earlier mornings. I'm going to be limitless. <laughs> so... So we, I run the Harvard Stadium a couple times a week, and every yeah. once in a while I'll see him there. And usually I'll run the stadium like two or three times around, and he'll just be starting. And so I'm done, and I'm you know not really doing any more. And he'll yell down like, "Come on, limitless, let's go!" I thought you were limitless, so I have to run again. Because just there. because he's prompting you to. Because he's insane, and you know, like he he's just he's he's shaming me, and I'm like, I just ran three times around the stadium. He's like, "But I thought you were limitless." <laughs> telling you my next book is going to be called severely limited <laughs> yeah yeah he is uh he's an interesting guy i know when when i interviewed him on this show not long ago um i think our interview was maybe at eight o'clock in the morning his time and uh and he had already taken his kids out for a run up the mountain and they had uh, they had done a full family workout well before he was ready and he was just jumping in the car and talked to me on his way to work so it's yep. uh he's he's just a a pretty inspirational guy he might be might be different in how he sets his day up than I do, but, uh, but everybody but again, has different stuff, like, right? His definition of success is going to be different than your definition of success. It's going to be right. different than my definition of success. And it is amazing that there are people like Joe DeSena that are out there in the world. And then yeah. you have people like Brene Brown who are like, and Glennon Doyle who are like, yeah. let's just feel this. And let's have vulnerability and let's love and let's you. So you have the whole spectrum and they're both ends of the spectrum are amazing. Yeah. You know, I've been going on Facebook and Instagram live every morning for the last week. And what I've been saying is if your definition of success right now is laying in the corner in fetal position, sobbing, then do that. Cause you need to do that. If your definition of success right now is writing, finally writing your grand opus, great American novel, then do that. And don't let anybody shame you about what you need right now. Now, because what you need right now is what you need and learning how to put voice to the thing that you need will actually allow you to put voice to the thing that you need after this is all over when we go back to whatever we want our lives to be and we create whatever that life is going to be and I keep thinking to myself there's going to be a time you know my mother my mother's in her 70s and she tells yeah. stories about the day that her sister was diagnosed with polio yeah. and put in an iron lung and she said that was the day my childhood ended Right. Like she, yep. my, my grandfather had a, had a stroke when he was 40. And so my mother grew up in a home that was very matriarchal. My grandmother had to learn how to drive and work and all the stuff before women did that. So my grandmother and my mother basically ran the house. My mom was like eight at the time. Yep. And she talks about that time um, as if it was a seminal moment that shaped her, that reformed who she was, that changed all of her DNA around and spit her back out as a different person. And I think to myself, when I tell my grandkids about this moment in time, am I going to be proud of the person that I was in this moment? I'm not going to tell them about my title. I'm not going to tell them how much money I made. I'm not going to tell them what kind of car I drove. I'm going to tell them who I was for the people that I love and the causes I hold dear and how I showed up and how I tried to be each and every day just a little bit better 
than the person I was the day before. And, and I think that that's, that's what we can do. And I think that really starts with deciding what actually matters to you and not worrying about what matters to everybody else, not showing up in the way everybody else wants you to show up, not feeling like, you know, I'm part of, you know, lots of groups of speakers and authors who are like, we can't do anything right now. We're all just falling apart. And I'm producing an online course. I'm, you know, outlining my next book. I'm busy. Like the creativity is flowing right now. And I've, I've decided not to let the, the pr- productivity shame <laughs> impact yeah. me because for me, this is how I deal with this crisis. I go into, I, I don't have any control by just controlling like crazy what I can control because the truth is I have, I've stopped reading the news every day because the news is everything is terrible. Stay in your house. It's not going to change anything I'm doing. So why, like if all of a sudden the the quarantine is lifted and we can leave, I think I'm going to hear about it, right? Like I don't need to know exactly how many cases there are in my neighborhood, in my county, in my community, in my state. I'm going to stay at home. I'm staying at home. So I, I now I don't even check the news until noon, but I've been getting so much done because I know for me, I, my calling is putting out, you know, creative content that helps people get unstuck. And can I connect to it right now? Absolutely. By doing this work, is it contributing to, to the way I want to live my life? Yes. Because I'm able to go on Facebook every day with brand new content and just talk about the things that I care about every day to the people who, you know, are picking up what I'm putting down. And in terms of control, I have a ton of control because I can control this and only this. And so I am super in consonance right now with who I am, with what I want to do, the, what I'm doing, it, it absolutely matches who I am in a way that yeah. it, it is, it, it is almost building more energy every single day for me. Okay. So we ask every guest that we have come on, um, that we kind of ask them if, if somebody's at home right now and, and, um, wants to get unstuck or wants to have that same feeling you're just talking about. If there are two or three things they could do just today, um, are there a couple of things that you could say that, you know, it, this is how you can jumpstart things. Here are two or three kind of quick things. Yeah. So the first is to accept the idea that ambition is not a dirty word. So we're told all the time, like, oh, you know, we have to have like faux humility, humble brag, hashtag humble brag, all of that. (laughs) So the first thing that people can do is they can think to themselves, if I had more of X, what would I do? Like, if you want to show up better for the people you love and the causes you hold dear, would having more money, more time, more flexibility, more leverage, more foundation, more platform, more followers, more what, what would allow you to do that? Answer that question for yourself. Because that helps you figure out what do you need to do next, right? If you need yep. more followers, you better get more active on social media. If you need more money, you should think about how to diversify your revenue stream, right? That points you directly to how the work that you're doing will connect to that, that thing that you care about. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is to um, actively practice gratitude. I think that one of the ways that we can groove the pattern of what we, who we want to be and what we want to be in this life is to think about the people who are actively living that way. And then send them a tweet, write an email, scratch out an actual handwritten letter and put it in the mail. You know how much fun it's going to be to get mail in like two weeks? It's going to be so fun. Um, tell them what you appreciate about them because the actual activity of putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboard and, and 
talking about that will make it an intentional practice in your own life and you'll start actually doing more of that so you can start leaning into being that person. So those are the two things that I would say. And then I would also point people to the uh, assessment that I have online. So yep. if people are hearing about calling, connection, contribution, control, and they're like, I don't even know where to start. If you go to limitlessassessment.com, um, you will see a, a, um, you'll see a quiz. It's a little intense. I think anybody who's been listening and watching knows that I'm a little intense, so it won't <laughs> surprise you. But this is your life. You should be intense about it too, right? We get one life, we get one time on this planet. Be intense about your life. So it's got about 67 questions um, that will make you think. It'll take about 20 minutes, but at the end of it, you'll get this beautiful radar chart that shows each of the four C's of continents, calling, connection, contribution, and control, how much you have in your life right now. And then there'll be a second one that hopefully overlaps in some way, but maybe in some places doesn't. And that's where you'll see where you're not in continents. And then you'll get some very quick tips about things you can do right now today to get yourself more of whatever it is that you need. All right. And what we'll do is uh, we'll make sure that we put that link up on our website as well so that if uh, people need to, they can click through there. Other, um, I mean, obviously your book is, is everywhere right now, um, but um, other kind of ways, other things that you'd like to, to make sure people know about how to get in touch with you or be able to follow? Yeah, so um, I am, as I mentioned, all my friends call me LGO. So heylgo.com is the fastest way to find me on my website. But I'm also on all the socials, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook um, at hey, like hey, hey, LGO. Um, so you can find me there. And um, I'm also going to be launching an online course in a couple of weeks. It's going to be free, actually, for the entire month of April because I'm just beta testing it. And then yeah. probably for me, but we'll see it really, it's COVID dependent, right? So yeah. my, my beta courses, my beta courses. So many things are. <laughs> it, is, it is quarantine like everything else. But my thinking is this, it is the way that I can be of service right now to my community is to put out a course that helps walk people through the book and gives them exercises of things yeah. that they can do. So I'm going to put it out for free while this quarantine lasts. And then after that's done, anyone who takes it for free will get a great um, affiliate link, which will allow them to send to other people who might sign up and if they sign up then they'll get some money cool all right we can all win yeah sounds great um okay and um so if uh, for anyone listening if you uh if you haven't subscribed to uh the podcast make sure you do that because uh, we again laura has been fantastic today and um you know we're uh, we're going to continue to have great guests like this so make sure that you click on that when there's a new episode you'll be the first to know um and uh it, you know and we talked about a lot of really cool subjects today so uh so play this one over again a couple of times because i think it is one of those ones when you're sitting there trying to think through things um, it uh, it will definitely help with that make sure you connect with uh, Laura on all her social platforms go out and buy the book and um, you know again thanks very much for uh, for connecting in with us on uh, big idea big moves and we'll uh, talk to you next time